In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The devil wants to attack your thankfulness. He hates God, and so he despises every good gift that comes from God. Your goods, fame, child, and wife. And so he hates it when you are content and give thanks to God. Therefore, he attacks both the giver and the gift. First, like it was for this rich man, the devil teaches you that your good things are not from God. They are from yourself, objects of your own creation, that which you deserve because of your own ingenuity, intelligence, and insight. The devil teaches you to look away from God and toward yourself. And when you do that, the liturgy of your life sounds like this farmer's, for he prays to himself and gives himself thanks for a job well done. Thanks is stolen from God. And the devil has another trick up his sleeve. He goes further, not only attacking the giver, but attacking the gift. He teaches you to despise what God has given you. He wants you to think that what you have isn't really that great. Your neighbor's things are better. God gave them to the wrong person. Or the devil tries to teach you that you have good things because of your own social power on account of the the system in which you live. It's not simply that God has blessed you with particular skills and strengths, but that you have received special status because someone else has been oppressed, therefore making you dominant. So you look out at the world and you see that in some ways you are better off than your neighbors. And for this so-called sin, you are supposed to feel guilt. And you are not only to seek equal outcomes, but to make reparations for past perceptions of injustice. And then it goes on, those who appear oppressed who have less status and privilege, they need to be elevated. The world wants you to see unequal outcomes and get upset. The systems of order established by God in the world must be torn down. Thus, there is no place for thankfulness because the status quo never seems quite fair. Someone else always seems to have more than he should, and he must be made to pay. The kind of life that the devil wants for you cannot result in happiness. There is no peace or rest, only desperate want, deep sorrow, bitter jealousy, and relentless death. 
Now, you and I know that this atheist farmer wasn't the cause of his successful harvest. And I'm pretty sure that he knew it, too. He knew that he wasn't out there day by day taking the nutrients out of the ground and putting them into the plants. He didn't cause the sun to shine and the plants to take in the sun's energy. He didn't bring the rain. And he knows all this. But he is also an atheist, a fool. And a fool says in his heart that there is no God. So this fool cannot rightly see what comes from God. A fool doesn't know where his food comes from. A fool does not give thanks to God. And so he prays to himself because his God is his own heart and stomach. But then when he has amassed great wealth, his liturgy, his liturgy of praise rings out. Eat, drink, be merry. But then St. Paul also adds to that, that if there is no resurrection, you should eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die. In other words, enjoy it all now. Get whatever you can. Take advantage of your neighbor today. Because when tomorrow comes, you may not be alive to enjoy it. But notice what Paul does here. He says that behaving this way is the only option if you don't believe in the resurrection. In other words, if you aren't going to rise from the dead on the last day and face the judgment, then the only logical thing to do is to get as much enjoyment out of life as you can. No matter how much you have to take from your neighbor or how much you have to harm him in order to do it. And notice what St. Paul says about the pagan mind. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice what Paul does here. He says that thanklessness and faithlessness belong together. And so the failure to give thanks isn't just a, a breach of etiquette or failing to send some kind of cosmic thank you note. The foundation of thanklessness is unbelief. And as we heard Jesus say tonight, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. So what is the solution? How do you get yourself out of this mess? Do you simply resolve to be thankful and work up this strength within yourself? Do you renew your devotion to our national holiday of Thanksgiving? Now remember that the devil attacks both the giver and the gift that his attack on these is an attack on your thankfulness. So if you wish to be thankful, 
then you must recognize both the giver and the gift. It's not as though you can invent thankfulness in your own heart. So turn your eyes instead upon your Lord and what he has done for you. Receive his bloody sacrifice that saves you. And then be at peace. Live well because you know what God has done for you. Jesus is your brother who shed his blood to save you. And by holy baptism, God is your Father, and he gives you his Holy Spirit. The Lord loves you, and he bids you to rejoice in what he has given. So receive everything from your Father's gracious hand, and take pleasure in your goods. Receive everything as flowing from your brother's pierced hands. And when the world wants you to feel guilty for God's blessings, you can scoff at the idea of false guilt. False guilt cannot be removed by protest or forcing things to be equal. But rather, consider your life according to the Ten Commandments. Rejoice to confess real sins and lay down that burden of guilt before Jesus. And rejoice in his forgiveness, for he has washed you in pure baptismal water that flows from his side. Scoff at the devil, and know that he cannot steal your thankfulness, because your Lord is good, and he gives what is good. So give thanks to God for your good name, for a good name is better than riches. And if you have been slandered because you confess Jesus, then rejoice that your reward is great in heaven. Give thanks to God for every person here and every member of this congregation, because each one is God's gift to you. Rejoice also in the Lord's gifts given to you you here, Take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And because the Lord has given so abundantly to you, you don't need to covet and conspire and take. You can rejoice and give to those in need. And so when you sit down to your meal tomorrow, give thanks for all the good that your eyes have seen, your ears have heard, your hearts have known, because you know these and more, so much more, are served up and handed over to you by hands with holes in them. Let us pray. Lord God, who has given so much to me, give me one more thing, a grateful heart. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.